0: hicks and megan mean they are the wonderful yeah. authors of the last beholder series aaron also produces a five-star podcast called popcast popcast is a weekly pop culture podcast seeking to educate on those that, things that entertain but do not matter megan is an avid wearer of hoodies and a lover of light so um what inspired y'all to write oh what
1: a good question you want it uh well, I mean, I feel like the
2: story of how this started, is, it was so long ago. It was so long ago. So um, I I sort of had, I just knew who Wallace was. Like, I just sort of had her in my mind and saw this little person in the bathroom uh, shaving her head and her hair turned to gold. And from there, I was like, I just feel like there's a story here um, that we need to be writing together. And we just kind of started writing until we found something that felt like it might work. It was more like finding out the story than actually making it up. Um the more we wrote the more we were like, "Hey, I like this. Let's let's see if we can make that a thing." And then we just started building from there. That's kind of still what we're doing. Yeah. Making it up as we go along. We talk a lot about how
1: we're excavating the story as opposed to making it up. It feels as though we are uncovering it and it is. It's already in existence, but we we particularly have been given the tools for this particular story to unearth it. Yeah.
0: Who is um,
1: y'all's biggest
0: inspiration?
1: Oh, gosh. Biggest inspiration. Well, I think Megan and I, we are both avid, Megan way more so than me, um, avid readers. Um, And we've actually, that's how we became friends is because we figured out that we Read a lot of the same people. I actually saw back in the day when people were on Facebook. Um, she had posted a Madeline L'Engle quote on her Facebook wall, and we worked in the same building, but we didn't know each other. And I was like, oh, "I love Madeline Langle. I wonder this looks like a fun person. I want to meet her." And uh, that's how we started to be friends. And um, you know, we 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 love the genre that we write in. You know, fantasy adventure. Um, and we, I think, I think we, that is inspiring to us. I know for me, that's what it is. I've read Narnia and I read, you know, now I'm reading stuff that's more adult, but, um, but that I still love reading Narnia and I love, um, all of those young adult fantasy adventures. So, uh, that's always been inspiring to me.
0: Um, so does collaborating with another person while you're writing does that like affect how you
2: write differently? Oh, absolutely. there's no way for it not to um it's and it's very different to write so i'm I'm working on a novel by myself alongside writing this series with Eric, and so my process for writing my own novel when it's just me is very different. I don't have anybody to dialogue with. I'm the only person responsible for these characters. And if I reach a place where I'm like, I'm really stuck and don't know where to go next. I don't really know what to do next. I'm the only one, you know, <laughs> responsible for the story. Whereas when Erin and I are working together, we're sort of constantly in that dialogue. Like this is what I'm thinking about. I mean we just did this the other day. I think I texted her about something that I just randomly was like, I have this scene in my head. I think this is how this goes and it we're in constant dialogue back and forth about the whole thing. Which on the one hand can be a lot to manage if this is something, you know, that you've never done before. But we've been at this for a while now and I feel like we have a pretty good grip on um our our consist our particular brand of collaboration. Um going Yeah, we
1: do we do a lot of really probably weird things. That's like true. where we we will frequently um, sit in the same room and get on Google Chat, and we will talk to each other via Google Chat as our characters uh, when we want to like work something out. So we will kind of we you know. I don't know how much you guys know about personality typing, but we know like the all the personality types that all of our characters embody, which helps. They us. were just talking about
2: Hogwarts houses, so okay. guys, <laughs> you know is, yeah, everybody's Hogwarts house. Yeah,
1: <laughs> so um, we it helps us to understand how they would respond in a scenario. So we put them in a situation with other people, with the other people in the story, and so we just kind of talk as them, and that's probably weird if you're looking at it on the outside but it works for us. It's and then we take those chat script transcripts and we you know, we kind of flush them out and we mold them and we turn them into paragraphs that get turned into chapters.
0: Um, go ahead. Cool. Okay, so Megan, um you say you're a lover of light. What does that mean? Like huh.
2: So I it's very abstract. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, when I say I love light, I mean, I love things that make people's faces kind of light up, you know? Oh, yeah, um, yeah. You remember when you were super young, and Christmas morning came, and you just, everything was off, like, no one could ruin this day, yeah. and you have a particular way that you look, your parents would know, this is how you look when you walk in the room. I love that, and I love for people to feel that, and if I can help them get to that place that's really true not silly or um, because that feeling doesn't go away easily it's something that's really meaningful you know what I mean those experiences last you remember your Christmas mornings and I like that I love that that's the kind of light I mean
0: yeah so when you're writing are you trying to like make them feel that
2: light is that sometimes sometimes I what I want them to know what I want people to know when I write characters especially characters like Wallace because she's She's got an attitude. (laughs) She's a bit angry, but I like for people to know that even in those moments, even in their in their bitterness and and the difficult things that happen, that that light can be accessed. That they can find that light, you know, in themselves and in the world around them, if they give it a second and and know how to look at it the right way. That's that's what's special about Wallace is that she. She doesn't always get a choice. Sometimes she sees it whether she wants to or not. So, yes, I do want them to feel that way, eventually. Eventually. <laughs> eventually. Yeah. Sometimes I'll make a yeah. path in the process. You yeah. have yeah. to go on a journey. Yeah.
1: <laughs> reading, it, yeah. reading it
0: is very up and down.
1: Yes.
0: Uh, when did you first realize that you liked writing? You go first, and then I'll go.
2: I have, I've always been telling stories. I think I realized I love to write when I couldn't talk all the time because, you know, adults in my life wanted to do other things other than listen to me talk. So I have to write it down. Um, But I have always loved stories and thought since I was a little kid, I want to be able to do something like this. I want to be able to make these worlds and then take other people on tours of these worlds and these stories. So I don't, I don't really remember a time that I wasn't. I wasn't thinking like a writer. Um, it's just, just a matter of, of maturing in that, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think for me I um I've all, again I've always loved to read and I loved um the escape that reading brought and I thought, Well gosh, if reading provides this escape then why can't I make up my own worlds? Why can't I do it for myself? And so I was big into journaling when I was um, younger. I wrote a lot of weird stories under a weird pen name. That was just why, I don't know why I did that. Um, But, uh, but it was a lot of fun. And I, I liked going there in my mind um, and just processing things in a different way.
0: What is your favorite place to gather ideas?
1: what a good question that is a good one so I kind of keep like a running list of stuff on my phone and then I have like little notebooks that I carry around with me and if I normally now it's all on the internet but if I see something or I have an idea or I'll or whatever I'll do like a voice recording email it to myself and I'll just kind of keep these little collections of stuff that I see around the world you know in my day-to-day life and uh keep that with me and then every once in a while just kind of unpack it and see what's there and toss what I don't
2: want and keep what I do. My ideas are all the time everywhere constantly being gathered. My brain is where I keep my ideas. I'm also, someone should pay me to use Pinterest because I'm really good at it and I love to collect my ideas on Pinterest. I'm very visual and um, all of the stories that I write or the characters that I have have very specific color patterns and aesthetics that I like to look at so I collect them all in one place just to look at them. I also make a lot of playlists. I find that my, my first love, my first artistic love was music. I was a music major all through college and so I love to make a playlist that like captures the mood of a scene or a a certain novel or even person. Um, So yeah, I like to carry, I like to collect ideas in multiple mediums, not just the one that I'm working with. So I'll write things down, you know, I'll do that. I want it to span multiple senses. So I'm looking at it, I'm listening to it, I want to feel it as often as I can while I'm creating it. Yeah, all
1: of our characters have extensive Pinterest boards. Very
2: extensive.
1: What they look like, articles that remind us about them, research that reminds us about them, the memes. clothes that they wear, memes, all the... We do that a lot, too.
0: I have a whole board on that, as well. How has your career affected your life? Gosh.
1: I mean... I don't know if if it's that my career has affected my life or that my life has affected my career, you know, in writing, you have these moments and these times when you feel like everything is clicking on all cylinders and you're really nailing it. And then, There are times when it just feels very dry and you're just doing the work and you're getting it out of the way so that you can do the next thing. And so I think that you should write from a place of life, not live life from a place of your writing. You have to have life and you have to experience life and you can't shut yourself off from life in order to write. Your experiences in your real life will enrich your writing always. So
2: I think life has to come first before writing. Agreed. I I'm a I'm a teacher often. That's my other job, my real job. Or my fake job, depending on how you how you wanna look at it. But I I tend to collect those ideas and they're always swimming around in my head. And I, I'm the kind of person who likes to make everything a theme for everything. And I tend to see that like in my life as I'm writing. So as I'm writing about Wallace and she's going through a certain thing, like if you guys have read the first book, we know that at the end of that story, there's there's grief involved for Wallace. And as she enters that second book, there's grief involved for her. And that happened to happen in my own life at the same time. And so it was very similar. And I've noticed those patterns happen in my life at the same time as I'm writing. And I'm not saying that one necessarily influences the other, but it does very much provide a way to understand my own circumstances as i write them out because as they're happening to wallace it's like i have to have compassion for her and it teaches me to have compassion for myself at the same time on the one hand uh, pragmatically you know lots of those time management things like that have to affect and experiences have to affect but it can also be very personal and if you allow it to be it can be something that really teaches you about yourself and And in that way, you know, what's better than knowing, really knowing yourself and being able to, to grow from it in the future.
0: So it's sort of like merging them together, but it's also more of just learning from each other. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Have you ever had like an idea for a book that completely failed and you just
2: gave (laughs) up? All the time. Yes. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I think, I think when you are, when you're a, creative person, like Megan said, like, we have ideas all the time. And, you know, if on paper, you know, our book is not published, we did it ourselves, that could be viewed in certain circles as a failure. Now, we don't think it's a failure, because we believe in it. And we have experienced a lot of people that have come to us and said, like, this has been very influential in my life. And so we don't necessarily need it to be a success, quote, unquote. There are tons of ideas that die around me all the time, <laughs> <laughs> just because we don't have the time or the. Was so Gus, yeah. so Gus of you. To say that. <laughs> but we just don't have the, you know. I think Elizabeth Gilbert, who is a writer, she talks about this: just that some ideas come to you, and you don't have the capacity to deal with them right then. And maybe they'll stay with you, and maybe they'll go somewhere else. But yeah, yeah, you. That is, the, that is one of the things, to the, in the wake of being a creative person, there are a lot of ideas behind you.
2: You just kind of have to make peace with that. I mean, I, we, I was thinking if we had an idea, a book idea that was a flop, it was kind of the first time we wrote The Last Beholder the That's very, true. Because we essentially deleted all of that and started over when we, yeah. when we wrote this new version of the first book. I, I say deleted, I don't mean that, because I think that a failure is something that you just gave up on supposed yeah. to let have some time and let mature and really stick with it and that's what we did after the first version i think we needed to we needed to have it out there we needed people to read it and then we needed to come back and be like we can do better than this and yeah yeah we did oh, yeah. And
0: what does success mean to you
1: i think it is kind of what well Magna, <laughs> and i may have different uh, opinions about this um <laughs> but i do think it is kind of we Worked really hard. We we work really hard on this, and um, publish self-publishing your book is just as difficult, if not worse, so though, than having a team of people publishing it. Um, and I I think the success is in um the doing. Like we did the thing, and um, we had an idea, we went through with it, and it's a physical thing that you can hold in your hand. And that to me is the success
2: of that particular book. I agree. I think I was just saying the other day, I think I did an Instagram story that was like, this never gets old opening up a box and seeing like the physical copy of the book, because I did that. That's the thing that I did, but I not only did that, I did it well and I did it. I learned from myself while I did it. And I, I was able to learn about my friend and we were able to grow together and to me that's far more successful than just having completed. I'm very personal. So I love, I love when it can have a personal meaning. That's when it's successful to me.
0: What would you say to all the girls listening?
2: Oh gosh, that's a big question. About what? What do you want to talk about? <laughs> like, Don't take boys in
1: high school. Just don't. Don't worry about it. <laughs> thing. It's not worth it. Um, Gosh, I look, this is what I would say. I would say the world wants to tell you how you need to look, how you need to talk, how you need to act. And some of that is fine. But I would say that who you are in middle school and high school is not the sum of who you will always be. And so that it's never too late to be who you are and that it's okay. Like if you are uncomfortable or awkward in these like young years, I say, I mean, you're all very young. If you are uncomfortable and awkward, there is like a whole other world waiting for you. And there are people who are your people and they may not go to high They may not go to school with you, but they are out there and uh, you will find them and you will and it will be like the world is opening up to you again. So just love the thing you love, be who you are, and and find your people. That's what I would say to them. Yeah, That's
2: a good word. I would say you to take time to be still and really think about what brings you life, what makes you feel full of life and full of light and love. And even the TV shows or the music, like what really makes you feel glad that you're alive? Take time to find those things and collect them and stay in those places as often as you can. Share them with people as often as you can. Like find that light and stay in it and chase it wherever it goes because it will move, but chase it wherever it goes because that's the only, that's the only thing that really That really matters. And your people will be in that light with you. That's how you'll find them. So, that's all.
0: Well, thank you so much for letting us interview you. We really enjoyed having you. so much
2: for
1: having us.
2: Oh, I loved it. Thank you. Okay.
0: Yeah. I'm sorry that uh, I've been DMing you on Instagram asking for book three. Megan
1: told me to do (laughs) it. Listen, (laughs) it's fine. It's good. We love it. It's encouraging to us. It, it will come, I promise, in its own, in its time.
2: It like will. how Aaron keeps saying that, in its own time. What that really means is in Aaron's time. <laughs> Aaron has <laughs> a thousand things to do. <laughs> I guess yeah, we That's good. Yeah. <laughs> okay.